What is the harmonic triad of the Enneagram? Well, let's get into it. The harmonic triad is all about the way we cope. Whether it's with a physical injury, a career failure, or some trauma like the death of a friend or family member. So, really fun stuff. The harmonic triad describes three major ways people tend to cope. The first way is by having a positive outlook and searching for a silver lining. The second way is by finding a practical solution to the problem or pain. And the third way is by reacting emotionally and venting about it. Types 7, 9, and 2 fall into the positive outlook group. Probably no surprise there. Types 1, 3, and 5 fall into the competency group, and types 4, 6, and 8 fall into the reactive group. These groupings can be a major source of either bonding or conflict, because when we're hurting, we are primed for either deep relational connection or an all-out brawl. So for example, think about someone in the reactive group, like a type 4 individualist who is wallowing in their deep, dark emotions, and then someone like a type 1 reformer comes up, looking like they have it all together all the time, and offers a practical solution to the four's emotional turmoil. Could be some fireworks. Understanding and empathizing with the different ways each personality type tends to cope is super important for building relationships that can stand the test of time. So let's talk about the unique ways each personality type copes with pain and conflict, starting with the positive outlook group. Sevens and nines are probably the most stereotypical example of the positive outlook group. Sevens have a profound ability to just move on. Yeah, sure, they've got some problems or a project just blew up in their face that they've been working on for months, but hey, that's some old shit. They've got a new job now, a new strategy, or a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend, or an upcoming trip that they're gonna go on. Less healthy sevens typically avoid taking a long look at any topic, let alone a painful topic, and so they live in a perpetual state of distraction. They generally meet any new subject or new thing with excitement so they have limitless opportunities for mood-boosting positivity. This can make them look like threes, because achievers also know how to spin a setback into a success. But sevens are more likely to turn a horrible experience into a hilarious anecdote, while threes tend to just avoid talking about it at all. All right, type nines. You've probably heard the phrase, making mountains out of molehills when someone is overreacting to a problem. Well, nines make molehills out of mountains. If you've listened to the episode on the triad centers, you know that nines are the impinged type of the gut group. What that means is they resist both external and internal forces in their environment. And now that tendency plays out in the harmonic triad as well. And nines will pretend that their painful experiences and memories aren't really a big deal. And neither are the problems of the people around them. Nines believe, we'll all figure it out in time, so don't worry about it. But that blind optimism prevents nines from doing the hard work to improve their situation and heal from their trauma. When nines have a healthy acceptance of their pain, their positivity can finally become a real source of healing for themselves and for others, which is why they make great counselors, therapists, and teachers. That's also why they get mistyped as twos. And that's because type two is also in the positive outlook group, and their positivity is mostly focused on other people. If you tell a type two helper that they have a problem, they're more likely to whip out some relational judo and turn it into a conversation about your problems and how they can provide you support. Twos believe that their needs just take up too much space. So to be a good person, they have to remain caring and supportive at all times. And I know this may seem dark, but I've only seen twos break this habit by suffering some profound pain that they could not hide or spin. When twos are hit with this kind of sudden trauma, it breaks open the floodgates of their needs, and that can be a great thing because their friends can finally show up and support them in the ways they've always wanted but resisted. 
It also kicks their self-righteous pride right in the balls, which, you know, having less pride makes all of us more enjoyable to be around, but especially twos. All right, moving on to the competency group. Type ones cope with trauma by trying to have integrity. And that means knowing what the rules are and following them to ensure that they don't incur any more pain, punishment, or blame. Religious ones will dive deeper into practices or rituals that they believe should bring healing, relief, or justice. Ones believe that doing the right thing and acting like an adult should solve the problem, and their list of shoulds grows longer and longer in correlation with the amount of pain they've experienced. Ones are almost at peace with suffering if they believe they've done the right thing and will receive a reward at the end of it all. Type threes are very concerned with their goals and being perceived as a capable, outstanding human being. So if they fail miserably at something or are hurt, they're likely to shift the goalposts and explain that they were actually shooting for a totally different target and that they don't really care that the other thing didn't work out. Like I said before, this behavior makes them look like sevens and vice versa. However, threes are the impinged type of the heart triad center. So they will always look unfazed by failure because they're so deeply out of touch with their emotions, unlike the sevens that are out of touch with their anxiety. So for the threes, logic actually feels better to them and makes them seek out rational solutions that will look good to their audience of friends, family, and coworkers. Now type fives cope with competency by disappearing into a world of their own rules and ideas. They actually prefer operating within the context of a larger system or structure because they like something concrete to push against. Fives handle setbacks by moving outside the boundaries of acceptable or normal mainstream life. When they finally try to overcome past trauma or failures, they approach their pain with a detached outlook that can make them look like they're totally apathetic or like they're some stoic philosopher. But deep down, they just know how hard it is to survive in this world and that unpredictable pain is often the worst kind of pain. Fives will certainly have the hardest time letting go of the fact that they cannot plan their way out of pain and into a peaceful existence. All right, last but not least, the reactive group. Let's start with type fours. Fours are already dramatic people by nature, and so they respond to deep pain by dreaming of a beautiful rescuer to come along and save the day. That can be a, a new lover or a god, but either way, fours subconsciously crave parental attention and protection since their childhood experience was defined by not really feeling understood by either of their biological parents. Fours will express their emotions in extreme acts of intimacy and then pull away into their own world. And this push-pull interaction often keeps people clinging onto them as if the four is trying to play hard to get. But fours may not actually want the people they've enticed to chase them to be their friends. And many fours experience a sort of codependent relationship with a type two that won't leave them alone. Ultimately, the four's fear of abandonment must be overcome in order to maintain healthy relationships with people who are healthy enough to handle the fluctuations of their emotions and stride without becoming too attached. Okay, let's talk about type six. Sixes are the impinged type of the heart triad center, so they feel the most stuck in their fears of losing support and independence. Counterphobic sixes may actually look like eights and will react with intense anger and volatility that pushes people away before they get too close to abandon or reject them. Phobic sixes are equally mistrusting of the support they desire but they're more likely to freeze up during a real challenge or conflict. During traumatic seasons, sixes can create a confusing role for themselves as they present themselves like a mature parental figure coaching or directing people around them, all the while longing for a father figure to come in and bail them out. All right, type eights are probably the most cliche type of the reactive group. 
Some people even call them eight holes because their aggression gets even more intense during a crisis. But it's just because they fear being dominated by other people or by an external system like the government. So they go kicking and screaming after a perceived threat. Some eights will actually keep their anger at bay, but only if it makes them look like they're losing control around people they don't respect enough to be authentic around. They only trust people who match their outrage and strength. And anyone who approaches with a contradictory opinion, no matter how calm, balanced, or well-informed they may be, is met with suspicion and downright contempt since the eight feels like they clearly do not understand the magnitude of the situation. Okay, that's a glimpse into the harmonic triad and the different ways we cope. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. As always, I'm your host, Colton Simmons, and I'll see you next time on You've Got a Type.